welcome to Block in the Back. On this podcast, we chat about all things Dynasty Fantasy Football from leagues to rankings. Now don't turn your back, square up and get ready to have some fun and get your teams to a championship with your hosts, Tyler Fish and Ryan Paulish. Welcome back to Block in the Back. I'm Tyler alongside Ryan. It's been a couple week hiatus here, but we're ready to get back after and, and give you a nice episode here. Ryan, how you doing today? It's been a while, my friend. It has. It has. It's just been real busy lately, and I just got back from a long 10-day deer hunt over at deer camp. The Wisconsin deer season started uh, about two Fridays ago, where we go down to deer camp, have a good time with family and friends, have a couple lattes, a couple dozen, I mean, and uh, yeah, have a good time. I was, I was able to take off of work that whole next week, so I was able to hunt pretty much seven days straight which it gets exhausting but you got to put in the time um, i was able to get a couple deer but not the big boys so try her again next year but yeah it was a good time and glad to be back for those that aren't from around wisconsin this is it's kind of like a, a a state holiday the gun opener and uh 75 of the population hunts in wisconsin it feels like and it's although deer uh kills were down and around the state uh, it is, it's almost a tradition for most people. So, uh, that does sound like a good time and, uh, ready to get back after here in dynasty land though. Hunting's uh, today like, we're going to oh, go ahead. say hunting's not even my favorite part of that. It's just, uh, the camaraderie and atmosphere of just being around everybody and drinking beers, watching old deer hunting videos back from when you were 10 and playing cards and then waking up all hungover and going out in the woods. It's great. It's, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Did, fun fact of the day, did you know on opening deer hunt morning with people that have weapons in their hand, Wisconsin is the fourth largest army in the world? That is good stuff right there. That is good stuff. And I did get some snaps from Ryan uh, in the uh, in the stand. And, and he was looking like in rough shape at, at 7 a.m., but boy, he he powers through and he has a second wind like no other. So it, it was great to see. Oh, yeah. It wasn't pretty at times, but let's jump into this, Tyler. What do we got today? Yeah. So, I mean, it's been a while for us, right? And my voice is is kind of shot here. I'm in coach mode right now. And uh, first couple of weeks, I always lose my voice. Just too much yelling. Not at the officials or, or my players, just loud in general. But we're going to chat about just some dynasty players who have kind of just taking the world by storm and kind of blown up on Twitter the last couple of weeks, last month. And aren't we buying the hype? Aren't, what do we think about these guys? Uh, some of the, the, the likes of Javante Williams, who some have him in the top three of all dynasty running backs, uh, Elijah Mitchell, among others. So it, it really is, it's about that time of year when people start really getting steam heading to the off season. And uh, we're going to tell you guys, should you be selling your shares on these guys, you know, coming up here as they, they reach a pretty high value or are we really excited about what they have to come? So this, this is a great one. And uh, I just want to start off with a guy that I know you are high on and he's kind of, it's mixed in the dynasty community. I've seen people, you know, think he's you know almost the number one dynasty running back. And then I've seen people say uh, that he's nowhere near this. And we're going to start off with Javante Williams. And I know you were a big fan of Javante Williams as a rookie coming in and what have you seen? What have you, you know, liked or disliked? And is the hype real? 
Well, I think I'm a little in between the the hype train as far as what you're seeing on Twitter right now is just absurd, I think. Um, I'm a huge Javante guy, but I came into the season with the expectations of him not having a great rookie season for you. Now, he has his good games, and he, but he's still splitting the workload, like pretty much 50-50 at this point in the season. I was kind of expecting toward this tail end to him to, for him to kind of pick up speed and gain more touches as the season went on, but that hasn't really been the case. When you look at the snap share, the last two games he was above 50%, but other than that, He's only been above 50 or above as far as snap percentage twice on the year. He's usually just below in the mid to upper 40s. Um, and it's barely changed. You have that one big pop-off week of 17 carries, 111 yards. Um, and I think a lot of it is not really him. It's a product of also Melvin Gordon having a pretty solid season as well. Um, Melvin Gordon's running back 19 on the year. Williams is RB 28. Gordon just has a few more touchdowns, and that's the difference right there. But as far as where I have him at, um, am I buying the hype? I'm buying the hype for next year, but still not even for where he's at right now. People are saying he's top eight, top five in dynasty rankings. I'm not ready to do that yet, just because there's so many wild cards yet. We don't know who's going to be playing quarterback. Who knows? Melvin Gordon can sign a contract again. And, I mean, we've seen that before. Look at look at Baltimore with J.K. Dobbins. They signed Gus Edwards again. Not saying that's the same exact thing, but it still kind of hinders what, you were, what the expectations were um, from year to year. Um, so, Javante Williams, I'm very excited about if things go right for him. I'm just not ready to make that big jump. I feel like people are kind of reaching and stretching a little bit to try to be the first one to say it on Twitter. So then six, eight months from now, they can go search their, their profile and then retweet what they tweeted just so they can say they were right. But if they're wrong, you won't hear a word about it. I just feel like it's a little premature. Um, Love the player, love what he does. He has some of the, I think he has one of the highest evaded tackle rates in the NFL right now on limited snaps. So that's encouraging to see. I'm encouraged from what I've seen so far. Um, Love the player, just not ready to, to bump him up that high in my rankings. I mean, to me, the rankings are, if I have him ranked at the fifth running back, I'm taking him fifth off the board in the startup. It's kind of how I like to do mine, and I'm just not not ready to do that yet. So people are cashing in and, and really banking on him being a bell cow next year. So, yes, the evaded tackle rate is extremely high. It might be first in the league. I Like you said, I'm not – I don't know the exact number. But – they're anticipating Melvin leaving, which I don't know. It, it kind of seems like Broncos like that two running back approach. And uh, in today's world, you, you kind of have to have multiple guys that can carry the rock. So I'm not convinced he is the only guy there and just receives this massive share next year. Is he good? Yeah. Uh, I do like a handful of guys more than him, you know, as it stands right now in Dynasty. But obviously, he's going to continue to pick up steam, especially if Melvin does not sign and they don't draft somebody and it's him and Mike Boone or whoever. Yeah. I mean, his value is going to be pretty dang high. Uh, so I do really like the player. Like you said, it's just like right now you're, you're guessing um, and you're banking on it and sure it, it could look great or you could still be in the same position, but he yeah. is in like a 50, 50 split right now. It is, it is a direct 50, 50 split. So who would you rather now a 50, 50 split with him or somebody like Najee Harris, who is already a bell cow. So to me, Harris is above him, right? So that's just kind of me. 
No, I'm with you. I'm like, I'm not going to be that guy to go out and overpay right now <laughs> because right now I think you got to give up multiple first round picks just to get the guy. And what has he done? Literally, what has he done so far other than a high juke rate? Well, like, I'm just not willing to do that now in fear that it just bites you in the butt <laughs> when it comes the next season. All of a sudden, it ends up like a Jacksonville situation with J-Rob. I think he got kind of lucky with J-Rob this year because they drafted ETN in the first round. Like, what if that happens again? Like, you just don't know. There's too much up in the air. I'm not going to be that guy to go out and buy. Right now, I think if you have him, that's almost like a sell at this point. But, I mean, I'm holding or selling. If somebody's willing to overpay, I'll sell them. Absolutely. For multiple first-round picks, why not? But, yeah, that's where I'm at with Javante. Let's move on to the next guy here. So, um, kind of similar feelings than Javante there. I, 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 you know, I thought you were actually going to like him a little more than I did. I do like the guy. But uh, I, I thought I thought your rookie hype was going to, you know, flood over into today's world. But let's look at Lenny Fournette, who just came off a monster game and somebody who's probably cheaper. Now, here's the thing I like about Lenny Fournette. So he is, I would say he's cheaper than Javante Williams just due to age. You know, he's already been released by the Jags and all this, and he's on his second stint. Age-wise, I don't even know how old he is, but he's been in the league a few years, right? So how many does he have left? I don't know, but he runs hard. And he's having some success with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't know what his value is, but he's kind of an intriguing guy. He is. Uh, it's it's hard to ignore the production that he has. He's obviously a much better player than Ronald Jones, and people have known that for years. Uh, but what are our thoughts on Leonard Fournette moving forward? I don't really know his contract situation, uh, but he seems like a guy that can stick around for at least a, a few more years. And even if he's not a buck next year, um, he runs hard and he could fit in multiple teams. So thoughts on Leonard Fournette. It, it's really the perfect fit right now with the Buccaneers. So it's, it's a fantastic fit. Yeah. I feel like he just screams a, a late push playoff contender by is kind of where I see him right now. He's 26 years old. He's RB five on the season. I think, He's still very attainable, though, because I think people are scared of the slow start he had in in uh, Tampa Bay and his age <clears throat> and him, like you said, being on the second team. I think it's a little bit scary, and he is on a contract here. Next year, he's an um, unrestricted free agent, so that is scary, too. I think all of that combined makes him very attainable, and if you are already going to have a major late first-round pick or something, I'd be willing to toss – But I mean – for what he's giving you right now, I'd be willing to toss a first-round pick if I'm going to be anywhere from the 10 to 12 range and pretty confident in it. If he's going to put you over the edge in a flex spot, if he's going to get you double-digit points in or in the 20s at your flex spot, that is going to boost your roster unless you would just have a superstar lineup. Then, But, yeah, I think, I think he's doing great right now. I love the utilization. Um, he's running well, and I think he's attainable. And, and if – I'm not a contender. I'm definitely not going after him, though, with those circumstances. You have no idea what is going to happen after this year. Just you talking there kind of made me think of a good point here and trade deadlines in leagues. And Stupid. You, you know, yeah. So it, it, just as you were talking there, I'm thinking, why do leagues have trade deadlines? Because he seems like a perfect guy for this year if you're, like, really pushing all in because he is – catching fire at the right time 
uh, just came off a monster performance. I think he's going to have a couple of another really good weeks and they're going to lean on him. It, but you know, there are some leagues that it's week 12, 13 now, like they just shut down their trades. And what if somebody wants to trade first round of the playoffs and sacrifice their future and draft somebody? So I do like Lenny. I, I don't know what I would give up for him, but I, I am curious on this trade line deadline question, Ryan. Um, are, are you good with that? If somebody, let's say first, second round of the playoffs wants to give up a good chunk of their future to go all in and try and win a ship mid playoffs, is that something that should be allowed or should they get shut down prior to playoffs? I mean, it's kind of an interesting topic and, and people are kind of probably one way or the other on it, but I'm curious your thoughts. It's that is, that's tough as far as like middle of the playoffs. I think um, part of me wants to say, no deadline up into the playoffs and once playoffs hit kind of shut it down I think um, just because that's the team that got you there you should be knowing where your team is at you should be preparing for this moment the entire season but then another part of me says that really spices things up in your league if you're if you're bottom three guy and you have Leonard Fournette and somebody who's top three wants to give you first plus for him hell yeah that's gonna make that team that much better and you're gonna get those people that are on the bottom not always at the bottom. It's just going to make the the whole standings of your league more fluid. You're going to get the guy who wants to go for that championship. And so, I mean, I can see it both ways. I'm not exactly sure where I stand on, on the deadline. I've played in leagues with both. Um, and it does, it spices things up. That's for sure. And I mean, that's, it's entertaining. And I, I don't, I mean, so I guess I'm kind of talking myself into no trade deadline, even in the playoffs, go ahead and let her rip because I think that's cool. If you want to go for it, if you want to show your King Kong nuts and give, give a first for Lenny in a second round of playoffs, go ahead. Um, that's going to be on you, but yeah, I don't know if, if I'm top three, I wouldn't mind giving a first up for Lenny right now. That's kind of where I'm at with value wise. So here was my initial thoughts and great King Kong swinging around. I love that always. If you can, if you're sure that, these teams are in it for the long run. It's probably good. If it's a fringe person who's dealing up a big part of their future, only to bail, and then you're struggling to find a, an owner for that team, you almost have to have like your dues in ahead of time, right? And and have a commitment from people. Um, otherwise, that would never work, right? It, it, would just, a, it wouldn't be fair. I'm in a league right now that if you want to trade, so you can trade the current year. So right now you can trade your 22 firsts away or 22 picks away. But if you want to trade your 23 picks away, you have to pay that year's dues or next year's dues. Whatever picks you're trading smart. away, you have to have the dues in for. So then Very you're smart. somewhat committed. Yeah, because that's not fair to somebody taking it over, right? I mean, the team's destroyed before they even get there. So that is a fantastic rule. So hopefully if you're listening and you at least heard this, it maybe sparks a conversation in your Dynasty League. Uh, is this something that we need to do? So that, that is great stuff, Paulie. Uh, let's chat about somebody who you were not high on at all. And we're going to switch. He's grinning already for the quarterback position. It's Jalen hurts who I believe I'd have to double check. Is he the number one scoring QB right now? He's the two. He's the two. The two. Okay. I want to say a week or two ago, he was number one. Um, you were not a big fan. I was a, a top 10 fan and just due to rushing upside and, you know, if you were just watching him pass the ball, you'd be like, Ugh. his rushing upside is fantastic. And it's hard to ignore. Um, 
you know, even the the help of Devontae Smith has, has helped some, you know, like he has some flashes, but he flat out scores fantasy points. What do we think about him moving forward? Because then I saw something on Bleacher Report today that says Russell Wilson would be willing to waive his no trade clause. I think it was Bleacher Report. Russell Wilson would be willing to waive the no trade clause for, uh, for Philly. And it's like, what? That They have Jalen Hurts. Aren't they all in on him? It's just so bizarre, like how the Eagles are connected to a quarterback at times. And it's like, well, he's a fantasy quarterback, but is he getting it done in real life? Uh, obviously, two totally different things. What are your feelings on Jalen Hurts? I mean, he it's hard to ignore the fantasy production. It Yes, it is. It slapped me in the face so far. Um, I'm still not completely in on him, though, just because I don't think he is a great – so it does kind of matter if you're not a great real-life quarterback getting it done, getting wins. And just because I don't know if he's going to have a job in the next two years, you know? Like, I, I'm not super confident in that if he can't really – get down to the nitty gritty and get some wins here. I mean, Watson's name was being tossed around with the fit with Philly. Now Russell, like the, all that stuff is a little bit scary to me, especially when they're not winning ball games and some games he comes out and has 40% completion percentage. And it's just looks really ugly at times. And he, like, like you said, he scores fantasy points for you. It just is a little scary. Just kind of, I'm just going to go pull up just a couple of the stats here. I mean, he's right. While around. you're pulling it up, though, Ray. While you're pulling it up, I he's gonna have a job somewhere, right? I mean, he he absolutely he produces, and I even think if he's not in the Eagles' future, he's in somebody's future. So, I mean, if we're talking super flex, what you pay for him? I mean, he's he's kind of expensive right now. Uh, it's hard to ignore that production. But you were gonna bring up some stats. Well, I'm just looking at it's a low volume passing offense just because he runs so dang much. Honestly, he's he ran 18 times in week 11 and threw for 147 yards. He hasn't thrown for over 200 yards since week seven. 200. I'm gonna argue, I'm gonna argue, I think his weapons are not good at all. I think Jalen Rager is a bust, he's not very good. Uh, Devontae Smith is good, but um, speaking so of that, seeing... his separation rate stinks. Uh, I don't think he has enough weapons. I think he's getting it done on the ground partially because he has to. And I, I think game planning stinks too. Like they don't give Sanders the ball, uh, but agree. you're asking a rookie wide. You're, you're asking Devonte Smith to, to carry the load on a, a squad offensively for the receiving core. And I just don't think that's realistic. Uh, I do think they need to address the wide receiver position yet. That and game, like you said, game planning, it's just, I'll never get over the Miles Sanders usage. I, I'm beating a dead horse with that. I'll never get over it. I'll just say that right now. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I get that side of things for sure. But, I mean, Mac Jones has zero freaking weapons too. But I guess Bill Belichick is just that much better at game planning around their QBs where he's throwing for at least more than 200 yards most of the games. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm higher on him than I was preseason just because that would be dumb not to. And like you said, you can't ignore the rushing upside because he's rushing for over 50 yards a game. That's five points right there for a quarterback. That puts you from 15 to 20 real quick as far as points goes. And, yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I'm not going out to get him, I'll tell you that right now, in any super flex leagues just because he's going to be way too expensive for somebody that I don't really like that much. Well said. Well said. Um 
I, I do want to move on to the next guy. I like Hertz. Uh, I'm not sure what I'd pay for him in Superflex, but uh, the the one cloud surrounding him is his future with the Eagles, right? So it's already been said. Uh, let's chat uh, Elijah Mitchell here for a second. Someone uh, who I was lucky enough to get in rookie drafts just based on his rookie profile. Um, I was much more of a fan of him than, than Sermon. So Elijah Mitchell, you know, he's got the one thing against him that everybody knocks against him, and that's draft capital. And once you're in the league, does draft capital matter? Eh, a little bit. But has he shown enough to show that he is the back moving forward? I don't know. The, the Niners have always been funny with backs. So it's hard to tell. But it's hard to ignore what he's done as a rookie. Runs hard. He's getting a lot of touches when healthy. Uh, is scoring. and is essentially someone who was a special teamer early in the year and now is carrying the rock for this team. So thoughts on Elijah Mitchell moving forward. He's probably one of the more polarizing guys. One of the guys that I have the most questions about how are they, how are they going to use him moving forward? And you just never know, but I do love the player, but I've been going back and forth. Is it time for me to sell while I can because are they going to bring in somebody else? Because I just have no idea what the Niners are going to do. So give me some insight on Elijah Mitchell, right? Yeah, I'm real close with him. I talked to him last week. I'll let you know. Um, good, good. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I like him. When, I've, when I was watching uh, San Fran games, he's actually looked pretty good. Explosive, powerful, pretty quick on his feet, shifty. Um, I mean, the last – Week seven, he had over 100 yards. Week eight, over 100 yards. Week nine, I didn't watch that, but that was kind of a flop. He only had eight carries. Um, But then bounce back right away in week 10 for 27 carries. And then week 12, another 27 carries. Like, they are feeding him the rock. It was kind of like late season. It's starting to look like late season and playoffs of when um, San Fran went to the Super Bowl, I believe. They like kind of just stopped throwing the ball. I just don't think they trust Jimmy G that much or something. I don't know. But like you said, it's, it's just scary. It is scary because you don't know when Shanahan's going to flash his needle dick around and decide to pull some shit and, like with Ayuk. Or all of a sudden Jeff Wilson's going to have a game where he runs the ball 20 times and because Elijah Mitchell rolled his eyes in practice or something. Like it's just a little bit scary, the games Shanahan likes to play sometimes. But I feel like the consistent usage, other than week nine, I don't know if he went out injured or banged up or what, but he's been running the rock good and a lot. And volume is king with running backs, right? And right now, Jeff Wilson is back, I believe. And he's still the guy. And he has looked pretty darn good doing it. So I, my gut is telling me I like him going forward. I like him at least for the rest of the year. And we'll kind of reevaluate when it comes time for, for the off season and see if it is maybe time to sell high, if he can finish the season on a bang or if he's just going to be the guy, the, the only other downside is he's already 23 years old. So I don't know how much you really want to invest in. I mean, you can ride him for a couple of years, but I mean, if you're talking about selling high, this is a guy who just popped onto the scene. Some people are just in love with him. So if you have somebody in your league who is willing to kind of overpay and who is completely bought in, I'd probably consider selling. But, I mean, if you're just riding the wave right now as a contending team that you drafted him in, like, the fourth round, good for you. Ride it out, man. Um, but I, I, I kinda, I'm, like, lukewarm on him. I kind of like him going forward. I think he's looked pretty good. 
Yeah, he has looked good. And I am one of those kind of teams. I'm like borderline playoffs in a league. And I have gotten offers for him uh, that include just the first round pick. And it's like, I'm not selling for anything less than that. So please, nobody out there sell for anything less than a first at this point, if you drafted him, right? Uh, and let's kind of see where this takes us and see where the offseason takes us. Uh, I would hate to be the guy, though, is where they draft somebody else and then he's in a timeshare and just never the guy again. So at the same time, uh, if you can get a first for him and you're content with that, then get it. But I'm going to hold just because I need him right now. But I, I do like the player, and he's in a great offense. He's a nice one-cut back, and he's getting a lot of touches. So you got to be happy with that. He's the best running back on the team. Um, let's move on to the next guy here. And somebody who's just taking the league by storm. And I thought this was going to be a different receiver on the team. I thought it was going to be Bobby trees. Boy, was I wrong. My little Cooper cup has been a stud, absolute monster, uh, producing like the best receiver in the league. And that Matthew Stafford edition looks fantastic. And who knew that that's all he needed to be a star. And Cooper cup was always solid, right? But, Goff did not push him to heights like Matthew Stafford is now taking him to, uh, you know, now Robert Woods is out for the year. They got Odell. I mean, Cooper cup is the guy, uh, Van Jefferson has even looked better than I thought he would as well. Kind of a, a pleasant surprise there. So what are our thoughts on Cooper cup? I want to say he's 28 years old. You know, I could fact check that one real quick. Um, has had one ACL surgery. I mean, it doesn't really seem like he's slowing down right now. And as long as Matthew Stafford's at the helm, I see production for a couple more years. Uh, and you got to be impressed with Cooper Cup and, and what he's done this year. Yeah, extremely uh, impressed, honestly. And I, like, I don't really see it slowing down at all. So Matt Stafford hasn't actually been having a great like last five games, but that hasn't slowed down or slowed down Cup at all. Really, he's still just steady Eddie and anywhere between 10 to 13 targets every single week, putting up 100 plus yards every single week. The guy is 1,200 yards already through, through week 12. It's absolutely insane. And he's 28 years old. Maybe he's just one of those guys. He came into the league a little bit older and just took him a little bit, took him with the right quarterback and late bloomer. And I think you're going to see this kind of top-notch stuff as long as Stafford is healthy. I'm starting to see some chronic back and neck issues coming out of, out of the reports, which is a little concerning. But as long as Stafford is there slinging the rock, I think Cooper Cup is a top year-in, year-out, top-seven guy. Was, I'd be pretty comfortable saying I mean, are you saying Stafford's having chronic back and neck issues? I, I'm yeah. sorry, I missed that. Yeah, yeah. St Stafford, I guess, isn't super feeling super good. Okay, I did not know that. I yeah, know but I, I mean, he's still slinging the rock and he's targeting Cooper Cup and uh, just a, a boatload. So, yeah, he, yeah, I mean, massive target share that's not going to, it's not going away, right? No, it, it's not. He's, I mean, the touchdowns are huge right now for him, but. That's just the way they're using him. I don't even think that's going to decrease from year to year. He is like the red zone guy. He's pretty yeah. shifty with his routes. He knows how to get open. He's got great hands. And Stafford just looks his way. I don't see this changing at 28. I think he's got a couple more years. When he Maybe when he hits 30, you're going to start to see that natural decline. But I think he got this year, next year, as long as Stafford is healthy, slinging it. I, I love Cooper Cup going forward. 
I mean, look at a guy that I was totally down on and saying, get rid of, get rid of, get rid of. And that's Adam Thielen because I thought the cliff was coming and he's continued to just produce, 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 score touchdowns, score touchdowns to the point where he is, he's a fantasy monster too. It's like, uh, doesn't guys, quite have the the volume this year, but no, it's, it's, I feel like it, there's just some guys where that is just like what they do. You'll see like touchdown regression, but how many times are you going to say that with like Adam Thielen? I mean, he's yeah. just the red zone guy. He, the, the, he that's is. just the way the offense runs. And I feel like it's similar with Cooper cup. It's similar with Mike Evans. Like he's just a red zone guy and they're going to score a lot of touchdowns. That's the kind of game they play. So yeah, I mean, those kind of guys could stick around in the league a little bit longer, too, because you don't need to have 100 catches to be a, a good fantasy scorer. You just need to score those 10-plus touchdowns, and you're good to go. And that's kind of just what they do. So, yeah, I mean, Adam Thielen is a good example, and I feel like Cooper Cup could be fairly similar to that. Yeah, that's that's good analysis, Rye. With, uh, I got a couple more guys that I want to just chat about here. Patrick William Fryermuth. Don't know if that's actually his real name, but boy, that sticks. Pat, ever since Ebron has been tossed on the IR, Pat has has scored, you know, I think he I think he scored both weeks that he was just the lone starter. I, you know, Ebron has not had much of a role at all. Don't know the contract situation, but I think he's gone. Pat is kind of ahead of the game here. You know, we're talking rookie tight ends. And even you look at Kyle Pitts, who has not had really the year that some had hoped, but at the same time, he's on pace to to outproduce every other tight end in history. But you look at, he had such high expectations. It's like, oh, Pitts isn't really doing that well because he's had like weeks, one catch for 19 yards. Like he struggled a little bit, but at the same time, he's had those monster weeks where he's propelled himself into a you know, a statistical category of rookie tight ends that hasn't really been done. And then you got, you got Friar Muth, who was much, much cheaper, who is going to be the starter next year. And for time to come, just tough as nails, uh, catches the ball. Obviously they're going to have a different quarterback here soon. Hopefully. What are our thoughts on, on Pat Friar Muth moving forward? And it, you've got to be ecstatic if you took him late in a rookie draft, because he's way ahead of schedule. You know, absolutely, and I liked. I I feel like he just got so overshadowed. I liked him coming out too. I didn't get him in any places just because I don't even really know why. I don't have an excuse for it. I probably should have tried to nab him up in the second round there. Um, I do. I did. I liked the talent. I liked everything about him. And I the one of the things that we said in our rookie analysis is that he's a really good blocker, and that's going to get him on the field sooner rather than later with an aging Ebron who's not that great at football. So, and now Ebron went out and it's not like he's anything just spectacular jumping off the page, but he's also like a steady guy, seven targets, four catches, like every single week. Is he going to score? That's going to be like your bigger weeks. And he's scoring from anywhere. I mean, he has a couple dud games where he fumbled one week that put him at 4.6 points, but he would have had around six. Um, But the last, since week eight, 12, 18, he had that bum week, and then 9, 12. That is pretty darn good. Week 6 was 9. That is pretty darn good for a rookie tight end. I think he's exceeding everybody's expectations there, where he's tight end 11 right now. That is a tight end 1 for you as a rookie. And, yeah, I, I, I like him going forward. The only things that are a little bit concerned is you have no idea what the quarterback play is going to be like there. And 
but also rookie quarterbacks aren't the worst thing for a young tight end either. And if he's going to be on the field a lot, I see Fryermuth being a maybe taking a little bit of a step forward next year. Maybe that around tight end eight would be would be nice to see just a little bit step forward. But he's been he's been great. I love him as a as an asset right now. If you wanted to try to go out and get him, I think it might be a little bit steep at this point because I think everybody's kind of hopping on that hype train a little bit. So I'd maybe just toss a feeler out, see what people want for him. I wouldn't go crazy or anything like that as far as going to buy him. But if you drafted him, you are pumped up about what is going on right now in Pittsburgh. Um, let me just kind of go on about Kyle Pitts here. Yeah. You were, <laughs> you were right. Like, the expectations for Pitts were almost unfair. Like you said, he still – It really was. Yeah. I mean, I think I had him – I tried to be realistic about it. I had him at tight end nine in our – when we did the pre-top 12 before the season – I think I had him at tight end nine. He's at tight end rookie eight. Rookie tight end to finish there. A rookie tight end to finish tight end nine is like spectacular. Oh, right? I know. And he's at tight end and eight right like, now. And like that's not enough. I had him at four. <laughs> yeah, but you want to know, I just looked this up actually, Tyler, because I had a feeling it was going to be the case. I don't think it's just so much to ask Kyle Pitts to be kind of the guy after week seven when Kelvin Ridley went out. Kelvin Ridley is out since week seven. Since week seven, so he had a big week seven. And then since then, two catches, three catches, four, three, and two. I just think it's a little much for a rookie tight end to be thrown in there almost being asked to be like the number one wide receiver because his targets are pretty good, six, seven, seven, five, six. I just think it's a lot for him to be the number one guy, and that's when his production has really dropped off is when Ridley was left. It's just a lot to ask expectations were already really high and now you're going to stick him out there with nobody else. Olamide Zacchaeus or whatever his name is, is is the guy that's out there right now. Um, There's another guy I can't think of his name, but they don't have much. Russell Gage. Yes, Russell Gage. They don't have much. And so I think that has a lot to do with it is it's already really high expectations. Now you're tossing them in there wanting to be like this, the stud. And I just think it's a little premature for that. And his production has taken a hit. One little tight end nugget I just kind of want to throw out here. And somebody who uh, I, I kind of like, similar to John o. Smith, it's kind of the, the player comp for me that is just super young right now and is actually starting to see the field a little bit more, is Brevin Jordan. And you probably were able to get him super late. He ended up scoring last week. He just he looks like he moves really well. He's only 21 years old. Uh, he had a breakout age at 18 in the ACC with Miami. And, you know, they, they have a history of producing some decent tight ends. But, you know, if, if you're looking at just a flyer, somebody super cheap, I, I do like the fact that he's getting involved later in the season here. That, that bodes well for the future. Uh, you know, questions were always, can he block? You know, he's a little undersized as a tight end, like 6'3", 240, 245. So he, he reminds me a lot of John U. Smith. So it's like, how are you going to use him? Uh, just an interesting guy that I wish I had a share of, but I don't actually have any shares. Um, so I just wanted to throw that in there, kind of a, a guy that I liked, you know, since we're on the tight end, rookie tight end train, I thought I'd kind of sneak him in there. Well, I think he was most people's tight end three before the draft, and then he's just slipped so far. He's an athlete, man. I have him on a couple taxi swat squads and a couple dynasty leagues, which I was pretty happy about, to, or happy to see him get a little more involved toward the end of the year here. 
and yeah, we'll see if that kind of continues or, or what's going to happen there or what he can make of the opportunity. But he is an athlete. He's a guy that you kind of got to get the ball to in space. He's not, I don't think he's a great blocker. That was one of his knocks. And there was just so many tight ends to go before him. It was really concerning at why we all missed so bad on that. It was, it's, well, so I guess we'll see. And Houston's a dumpster fire, so that doesn't help either. But I, I like the flyer, though. I do. I, I think he's a, a solid player that is getting a little more involved. So, yeah, go go put some feelers out. He might even be on the waiver wire in some leagues. Who knows? Yeah, he might be. Yeah, if you have expanded rosters, I think he's worth an ad. He's taken in the dynasty leagues I'm in. But, uh, and that's actually the players on my list, Ryan. Is there anybody that, as we were talking there, you're like, yeah, let's let's just bring up this guy right now. He's kind of catching some steam. Uh, Brandon Ayuk actually has I – I heard you mention him. He actually has returned. And uh, he actually looks halfway decent the last few weeks. And, oh, yeah, uh, I know that. I was just saying early in the season, he got kind of just – I don't really for sure. know what's going on there. But, yeah, he I feel like he's kind of back. And yeah, he's out of the doghouse now. Yes, I think he's doing pretty well now. So, we're back. I don't know what the hell happened there. But I, if you're an IU owner, you just got to be pissed about that start of the season. <laughs> but, I mean, the last – since week nine, even, even week eight, he had seven targets. But since week nine, he's – eight targets, four, seven, six. So he's getting more involved here, scored a couple touchdowns. So that's good. That's good to see out of the 23-year-old sophomore um, who just showed explosion in his rookie year, just somehow got in the doghouse. I don't think anybody will ever know exactly what happened, but you like you like what you're seeing. More frustrating, I think, if you got him in redraft, expecting him to be a wide receiver too with upside uh, because he was getting drafted around like wide receiver 20 to 25. So I it's like – <laughs> yeah, and you're probably not doing great in a redraft league if you did that because it's almost too late. But uh, that, yeah, that's frustrating. Kind of same with T. Higgins. Now, don't get down on T. Higgins. His target share has been massive. Uh, had a nice touchdown catch last week. But he has not produced like some thought he would. Had some real dud weeks. The emergence of Jamar Chase has also taken away some of his thunder. But his his target share is there. So hang tight. Don't panic. And uh you know, there are, there are more good games coming in that. I, I whiffed there. on that one so far. I think I had him at eight before the season or something like yeah. that. <laughs> I had and high we hopes. Extremely high. I but was the one of the chairs there. That would feel like I almost do. Um, I did what I was saying, whatever people are doing with Javante Williams. I reached yeah. kind of guessed and it flopped. <laughs> Don't yeah, do that. Yeah. Well, that, you recognized it, Ryan, and you you caught your mistake, so all is well. Don't worry. First, the first step right? to recovery is admitting your That's mistake. That's right. I was going to say that, and I couldn't quite think of that. I haven't been to one of those meetings in a while. <laughs> Kidding. Who um, – anybody else you want to mention, Ryan, uh, before – No, I think I'm good. I think that kind of just covers some of the guys who have really popped off the screen and – so a yeah. lot of the people that are a lot of the Twitter hype that's been happening or some hype in, in people's leagues that I've been seeing anyway. Um, one thing I just want to touch on because we've brought him up the last two years now, Tyler, Delvin Cook. Oh yeah. Banged up again. Are, yeah. We've been, what we, has he been on our solace for two years straight? But then, yeah. just, but then he goes off every time he touches the field. When are we, when are yeah, we kind yeah. of done with that? And I want to talk about the emergence of the young running backs. Are we done yeah. with the Barkley, CMC, Delvin Cook? They're all yeah, probably older, and they're getting the hurt. most. Uh, you know, the thing that I want to see most is everybody's updated dynasty running back rankings. 
I, that that's one thing I'm I'm really interested to see just reading around, and because it, it really there has been a changing of the guard. You've got CMC who can't stay healthy anymore. You know we're worried about his his ability to to be on the field. Barkley, same thing. Um, you know Cook, uh, Kamara, and it's like you've got some of these young running backs knocking at the door, and I and they're here, they're here. And it's to the point where I would prefer some of these younger guys and some of these older guys at this point. And, you know, it is what it is. I, I, I don't even know. I, I'm going to have to do some thinking because I, I don't even know how my running back rankings would shake out right now in Dynasty. You want to know one thing that – Yeah. Just like a word word to the wise that I've been learning. Go, to your, go with course. your gut. Or like, I mean, do your, your system. Go with your methods. Don't let Twitter – league mates kind of bump you off of your feelings because you have your process you just stick to it stick to your guns if you have something that works with your ranking system or your evaluations your analysis just stick to it I mean I have my fair share of L's but don't get me wrong but one of them was that I had Barkley at RB9 in the mid off season when I did some rankings and holy cow, did I catch shit for that? And then it got me thinking and then I bumped him back up to like RB three. And I don't think he's, I think he's back down to like where I had him. you know, like it's when it's all said and done, there's going to be peaks, there's going to be valleys, but when it's all said and done, that's kind of where the rankings lie is, is that startup value to me. And, just go with your go with your system. Do what works for you, and just kind of stick with that. Don't let the outside noise try to influence you too much. For sure, those are just some of my favorite Twitter threads to read right now. Uh, involved running back rankings because I, I just love seeing where everybody's getting valued at, and if if people are falling asleep on these old guys, or are we over, you know, the Javante Williams hype where he's hopped in top three running backs in dynasty? Like this is this is the good stuff. And this is where the off season is almost here where, you know, we start talking about rookies and we start talking about trade and it's just great stuff. Uh, really peak dynasty talk for us is in the off season. So um, I don't have any more players, right? I mean, those were just some of the guys who really their value has and the buzz about these guys have really shot up as of late for rightfully so. And uh, as always, it's great talking to you. I, I wish everybody luck here as, as playoffs approach. And, uh, you know, with that, ex- you know, the expanded week, you should have another regular season week, depending on how your league did it. Uh, but I hope you are not playing your championship in week 18. So if you are doing that, you need to go contact your commissioner ASAP and ask, why are we doing this? Uh, because there might be some people rest in week 18. And you're going to be kicking yourself in the butt. So make sure uh, that you get that figured out. And I know there are some two week championships out there something that I've kind of flirted with as well. Uh, and yeah, it, as always great talking to you, Ryan. I'm just, I'm just talking to talk at this point. Yeah. I, I will say, I will point out just cause I haven't said the word Bush light very often. This is one of the oh. only episodes that I haven't drank a Bush light. I think this might well, be just, the only one. You just had a city league basketball game. Do you still have your new balance shoes on? No, no. I took those off with my tube socks. no no i just i feel like i gotta just dry out after deer hunting week people don't understand if you're not from wisconsin that is just a marathon of being out in the woods eating like shit and drinking a lot of beer this is what it is yeah yeah my uh my diet as of late has not been good either so as always right great chatting with you and uh thanks for tuning in we'll see you next week at blocking back 
Thank you for listening to Block in the Back Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Dynasty Fantasy Football related. If you liked what you heard today, hit that subscribe button, tell all your friends about us, and then hop on Twitter and give us a follow at Dynasty Block. Thank you, and remember, you are listening to Block in the Back.